0: Be the best rugby coach you can be. Welcome to Rugby Coach Weekly Podcast with Head Coach Dan Cottrell, where you learn hints and tips
1: from the rugby coaching community.
0: Let's get started.
1: Hello and welcome to the Rugby Coach Weekly Podcast with me, Dan Cottrell. And on the podcast, I am delighted to welcome along Sam Jarman. So welcome to the
0: podcast, Sam. Hi, Dan. Thanks for having me.
1: Well, um, I'm delighted to have you on because we've had plenty of very long and involved conversations around coaching. Uh, Sam is a PGA golf coach, uh, but he doesn't just work in golf, he also... Uh, works with athletes and coaches in a range of sports, and has well, I think brings a fresh perspective on the way that we might want to approach coaching. So, Sam, just tell us a little bit more about what you're doing and why you're
0: doing it. Uh, you, you summed it up very well, mate. I um, yeah, I, I I played golf professionally for ten years, and then got into coaching, did my PGA qualifications, and was always. Um, very curious about the the mental side of the game, about um, our thoughts and our feelings, our emotions when we play. So gravitated to learning more and more about that, um, which then took me into to other sports because the issues that a golfer might experience with with their thoughts, feelings, and emotions are going to be similar to to that of a a footballer, a cricketer, or a or a tennis player. So it's learning about who we are. How, how we see reality and the nature of our experience really which is universal to all to all athletes and coaches
1: now taking that a little bit further you're, you're you're working with some specific athletes and specific coaches what sort of things are you hearing them say that you are then changing the way that they're approaching their their coaching or their their sport
0: the coaching conversation will, will obviously start when somebody has a problem with something, you know. Otherwise, if, if they could if they could kind of fix it themselves, then they wouldn't they wouldn't be chatting to me. But but quickly, the conversation sort of moves on from the specifics of the problem onto, as I say, a more universal conversation about the, the, the nature of experience and and how we feel about things and the reasons why we feel the way we feel what are our beliefs what are our values what is the nature of of environment what is the nature of reality there they sound like sort of big philosophical questions but from my experience most coaches are are dealing with issues which although it may look like it's a sporting problem I would say that for most coaches getting that side of their their practice right is probably twenty percent of it. The the eighty percent of it, and and the real area that coaches are are struggling with, if they are struggling, is the stuff around relationships, the stuff around you know difficult conversations, the the stuff around what should I do in this situation, and to me, these are all these aren't coaching questions or sporting questions. They're philosophical. They're philosophical questions.
1: Therefore, when you're sitting with a coach talking through uh the more philosophical questions, you're helping them to understand how to order their thoughts
0: yeah it's that yeah I guess so it's 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 thinking about thinking, but yes it's it's challenging our beliefs so when whenever a coach is struggling it it's because they have some beliefs about themselves or about life, which, 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 which aren't true, which don't match up with, with their reality. If, if your beliefs and your reality match up, then generally, or if your beliefs about how life should be and life itself match up, you're generally reasonably happy. If there's a a very large gap between the way that you believe life should be and the reality then you're probably going to be suffering you're probably going to be struggling
1: sorry can you help them change that reality then to help them match up the belief to the reality would that be a a powerful way to help coaches because sometimes coaches face uh, situations where their reality will never meet their beliefs they think that they can be the coach that in truth they're not going to be or they can be with the teams which in truth they're not going to be or they're going to have this they think they may achieve skills or gain skills which they'll never have is that um is that a better way for us to maybe help coaches or help athletes
0: i would look at it in exactly the opposite way which is to say that reality is how it is what, <laughs> right. what we what we need to do is look at our beliefs to see whether they are, because it's much easier to change your beliefs than it is to change your reality. So rather than looking at, rather than looking at trying to change reality, which is in fact what, what most people are trying to do. And it's, it's, it's why you might suggest that, that sport is in a not great state in, 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 in many ways. Um, Let's look at the beliefs about sport and about life and, and see whether we can and see whether examining those is going to is going to change our, our perspective, and as a result, how we feel about things, change our experience.
1: Obviously, one of the best test cases you can have is yourself. Is there a situation that you can think about for yourself where you've seen the reality and you've changed your beliefs?
0: So, when I was playing when I was playing professional golf, it seemed to me that I needed to shoot a certain score or or play to a certain level of performance in order for me to enjoy it that's that's where I kind of got to and it's one of the reasons why I I I really stopped enjoying the sport because it you know that's the classic example of somebody putting pressure on themselves you're basically placing conditions on your own happiness and your own enjoyment so once I I saw that actually I could I could play the game and enjoy it regardless of of the score I was shooting you know I could go out and shoot 76 and 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 have a really nice day and enjoy that and then on another day I might I might shoot 68 or 69 but my overall feeling on coming off the golf course would be thank god that's over just from that example and, and I'm sure people can relate to that that we've as I say we've all had had games where we've we've maybe played well but it's felt like hard work and we've had days where we've we've you know we've maybe not performed so well but we've had an absolutely great time we've really enjoyed it so just questioning the belief that enjoyment is is dependent on performance most people who play sport at a high level are are clearly much more competent now than they were when they first started playing the game but many of them will tell you that they enjoyed the game more when they were when they were kids so again, that gives the lie to the the idea that, or the belief that, sport has to look a certain way in order for us to enjoy it.
1: Okay, so let's take that to um, a, a different side then because if you've played uh if you're playing sport and you've you're achieving things so i'm thinking about maybe a goal kicker here uh, but it could be just as easily uh, me standing over the golf ball and i know that um 80 percent of the time i hit this type of shot uh or i will kick the ball over from this distance and i've done it for season after season after season and then this season for some reason, I can't seem to do it. In terms of coaching that player, not in terms of technical stuff, because the technical stuff uh, is maybe different. How, how am I going to be helping them? Am I going to be changing their beliefs uh, or to suit the reality that maybe they're not shooting or hitting the ball as well? I think
0: it's, it's a good coach will look at both. you will look at what they're doing physically um, to see whether that's changed. But I'd also be asking questions about what else has changed. So are they feeling any different about kicking?
1: If you ask uh, somebody about a physical outcome, it's quite easy to say, oh, that bit hurts, or I can see that missing. But if you ask someone about their feelings, how can you ask, I, I sense it's very difficult to get the questioning right, or the environment right, to get the true feeling out of it, because some some players or athletes or coaches will want to be protecting themselves because they don't want to make out that they're weak or they're soft or they're not up to the task.
0: That question is going to depend very much on the relationship that you've got with the person that you're coaching. Is it someone that, that trusts you and you trust them um, that that you can have that conversation? If it's someone you've just met, then it probably isn't. Um, in In that scenario, I would be... Maybe pointing them towards uh, a more universal understanding. For example, most people believe that in order to for you to perform well, for you to kick well, you need to be feeling confident. That's a pretty standard belief um, amongst sport, sports people and sports coaches, and that leads to you know behaviours which you know are, are designed to maybe improve confidence or try to to enhance confidence. When, if, if we look at, 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 the, at the truth of the situation, we've all had had days where we've kicked well or played well when we're not feeling great, and we've all had times where we've stepped up to a kick or a golf shot feeling really confident, and the outcome hasn't been what we what we wanted. So, again, that would suggest that. This idea that we need to be in a particular frame of mind or a particular feeling state in order to, p- to perform is just not true that's a belief it's not true so I would probably I would probably start talking to the player about what their beliefs were in terms of yeah how they see themselves and how they see their that that side of the feeling aspect to it rather than trying to deal with it on a personal basis in terms of you need to feel like this, or you shouldn't be feeling like this, or going down that route necessarily.
1: So, there's a player who you can see is just about to go out and perform their sport, but they are they they lack the confidence at their moment. They don't they've had a, maybe they've had a poor warm up, uh, things haven't been going right, and you can see or you can sense they're not feeling confident. It, are we saying that it's very hard to find the right words or are there the right words is there the right intervention that you can make to um i'm I maybe getting this wrong here to not help their confidence but just to get them get them to the next stage
0: yeah i i really think that there's there's a limited amount that that a coach can do in 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 that particular situation or circumstance. And again, I'd, I'd never even suggest anything in that situation because a a, a good coach will know whether there's the, will know the right thing to say in that situation. It's it's almost impossible to to take a a, a a situation out of the context and then offer a solution to it.
1: So you're saying it is possible for a coach to be able to find some words in some circumstances which will make the difference?
0: I'd be more, I see my, my role or this approach more in terms of the doing the groundwork before we get to that situation. So why would that player be believing that a bad warm-up can affect their performance on the pitch? that that's the issue to me if you if you believe that as i say you would only be you would only be thinking that if you believe that a warm up is you know about building confidence or or generating some particular state of mind again from my own experience i've had days where i've you know maybe been late for a tea time rocked up on the first tee with my shoelaces still untied and shot a really good score and i've had other days where i've got to the the golf course 2 hours early done loads of stretching loads of warm ups and gone and played like a played like an idiot so again this idea that or this belief that the warm-up needs to be a particular way in order for us to perform it's it's, it's obviously different in terms of the physical warm-up because the, the you know you need to warm your body up we're not looking at things logically if we're always trying to use the past to predict how the future is going to play out it just doesn't just doesn't work like that it just doesn't doesn't make sense to me
1: Right. Can you just explain that a little bit more? So uh, what what is, what is, what are we, are we referencing something from the past? Um, How's that working in terms of, again, I'm thinking about the language. uh, Right. There's, there's a couple of things here. First of all, I think more and more coaches are realizing that they can't make much difference just before the match it is everything which has gone before so more coaches are stepping away from team talks before the before the start of a game they are saying we've done all our preparation before today i'm just going to give you a few nudges or just a few reminders perhaps but that's uh so that's that um but what, what do you mean by the past and the future on uh just before a game
0: yeah i mean again we're back to beliefs again we're if a, if a kick has gone out and 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 hit ten out of ten kicks in the warm up, and he knows that his hit ratio is eighty percent, then he, he he could look at that and go, "Oh, I'm kicking really well today. My first kick in the game is going to go over." Or the thinking could come to him, "Well, I was a hundred percent in the warm up, so the chances are I'm going to miss one soon." We can't control the thinking that comes to us in a particular moment. So as I say, the idea that a coach can say something or, or, or do something to, to, to have an impact on that situation we are we're great at sort of looking at stuff and, and trying to make meaning out of it. It's, it's what human beings do. We're meaning, you know, we're meaning creating machines. We, we, we love telling stories and, you know, the stories that, that, that sport generates are one of the things that that make it so wonderful but actually in the moment of 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 performing there's no story there you're just doing it um it's only afterwards that we that we attribute meaning to it so i think we've just got to be yeah we have just got to be cognizant that that's what we do that we will look at you know we'll look at maybe what happened in a previous game and then believe that that's the way it's going to play out in the next game whereas it's it just doesn't work like that every moment is every moment is the present moment every moment is unique so it's is it is it really beneficial to take the the past as a as a guide to how the future is going to play out I'm not sure
1: so how can i help a player then
0: almost forget the past Well, you can't. (laughs) (laughs) Why would would you want to? Why would you need to? Well, if they're thinking that um,
1: I've just hit 10 out of 10, and uh, that means that on average I'll miss the next one, they're going to stand over the ball and say, well, I'm going to miss this one. And that might impact on the way that they approach the ball. They might uh, feel nervous, more nervous and Again, I could be going off on something which I, I'm mean, into areas which I'm perhaps not so familiar with. But if you're more nervous, perhaps you don't relax as much, and you you do miss it. And you say, "Well, there we are. I just that's that's
0: why I was going to miss it." If you believe that a thought can affect the flight of a rugby ball, then you might think that. But I, I've I've yet to see a kicker who can move move a rugby ball just by thinking about it. We're in danger of making this much more complicated than it than it needs to be if if a if a player believes that a a negative thought can affect their performance then then it possibly will do but if if we see thought for what it is which is just another element of our experience and we don't attach any meaning to that thought then we'll just step up and kick the ball and it'll either go over or it won't the problem comes where we try and attach meaning to everything and attach you know meaning to to Instances that have happened in the past, instances that have happened in the future. The truth is we don't know. You're going to kick the rugby ball and one or two things is going to happen. So they're going to go over or it won't.
1: I know that you're not going to say this um, and you're going to say it in a different way, but it, it strikes me then that if I'm going to stand over a ball or a golf ball and I want to make the best outcome, I've got to clear my mind. Now, I know immediately you're going to say there's no way that I can clear my mind However, you're suggesting that as long as I don't think that what's gone in the past is going to affect what's going to happen in the future, then I'll be much better off. So how how might how are you going to help a player to be able to uh, kick, hit the ball, whatever, whatever, more effectively? Um, other than obviously giving them some technical advice on perhaps ball position or hand position or uh, alignment, I'm trying to think: what am I going to be saying to my players uh, in maybe the the days leading up to that moment, and maybe on the day? Or is it is it not possible?
0: I don't think that's an avenue that that we we necessarily should be going down. So, are we confident that the, that the player is capable of? Of, of performing the task. If the answer is yes, then t- to me, a coach's job is to help help a player get out of their own way to allow that skill or that performance to emerge. Is that player gonna be more likely to perform well if they're feeling carefree and happy, or when they're attaching a load of meaning? to the outcome I would suggest that it's probably the former so our role as coaches is to is to set people free to reduce burden rather than add to it and how we do that is again it's it's contextual but I would suggest that if a player is is really secure in their own well-being and they they are not defining themselves in terms of, of outcomes then you know if, if they know they're going to be okay no matter what then they're going to step up to that to that kick with freedom whereas if they believe that their well-being is dependent on whether it goes between the posts or not then they're less likely to
1: okay i get i'm beginning to um pull a story together now because we like stories uh, so i'm going to start a different story then and i to see what you would suggest Let us say before this podcast, um, I am just preparing for it and I'm nervous about speaking to you because of your enormous experience and um, all the things that you are likely to say. So I am nervous before (laughs) I start it. So you know a little bit about me. How would you um, help me prepare so when I start I don't – uh, stutter my way through the questions, come up with the wrong questions. I'm sort of sensing that it's something to do with I've got to be happy and comfortable, as opposed to I've got to. We've got to come up with a great podcast. What? How would you coach me through this? I mean, it might be that you say, right? Well, Dan, we were starting about three months before we started the podcast. So, what, what would you be doing, and what would you be saying to me?
0: You're only likely to have that sort of problem if you believe that being nervous is a problem. If you understand that that being nervous is just a normal part of our experience, then it's probably going to be okay. You've been nervous in situations before, and the outcome's been okay. So, why should this be any different? Again, it's it's more about the belief that we have to feel a certain way that in order to 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 do a good podcast we need to be both sat here and be really calm and relaxed that's what's getting in the way not the fact that you're nervous
1: if i've known situations where i've been nervous and i have made mistakes then that's going to be a bit of a barrier for me because i know that i've had times when i've been nervous and i've been okay and i've had times when i've been nervous and i haven't been okay so what what again can we do to help a player who? who is going through the same feelings or sense of feelings to be able to step up and make that kick i mean we are we're doing this podcast 2 days before the rugby world cup final and we know that those players who are going to go out and perform on the pitch are going to have some form of nerves and they will know times when they've been nervous and they've they've not performed well so how are we going to help them be uh, either understand that nerves are fine and they can help, and understand that sometimes it's not going to work out. What, what? Again, I'm just trying to think of the sort of language that you're going to be using, the support that you're going to be using to help them come out
0: at the other end. Again, though, you're starting from the assumption that nerves can affect performance, whereas if sometimes you feel nervous and you perform well, and sometimes you feel nervous and you don't perform well – there's no causal relationship there. Why are we even talking about nerves if we know that that's the case? It's not nerves that has
1: made me not perform as well. I mean, I know there's lots of external sit uh things which are going on where there are other players um all all sorts of things which are going to impact on me are you suggesting sam that nerves have no effect on my performance i'm trying to be be uh make you feel comfortable probably incorrectly as well
0: (laughs) no i I'm, I'm feeling I'm feeling I'm feeling comfortable <laughs> I am slightly nervous as I always tend to be on these things but that's okay the experience of nerves is 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 normal it's just part of we, we we've all we've all had nerves what what the problem comes is where we attach a meaning to nerves i.e it means I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that when we've got evidence that good performances sometimes follow nerves and also that bad performances sometimes follow nerves so we're we're making meaning based on evidence which is completely inconclusive so in a situation where you're in where your evidence is inconclusive i'm suggesting that the best thing to do is just go out and play
1: Right. So our message would be not in an aggressive way. We wouldn't say, oh, forget your nerves, you idiot. You're going to be absolutely fine. We would say, that's fine. Just go out and play. And then you would try and help them understand that win or lose. It won't be because of the fact that they were nervous. It could have been due to a lot of other different reasons, which you can help them identify and some will be controllable. Uh, maybe about decisions that they made or some will be uncontrollable, like better decisions that the opposition made in the situation or situations where you, you chose the wrong wrong shot. So is that is the message that we're almost saying that we're helping players through. So the, I suppose the next question would be, are we actually able to improve players' performance at all? Apart from technically, obviously.
0: I think what you said it is correct. I would be certainly, yeah, just say go go out and play, go out and express yourself. We've all just just coming back to the nerves thing. Most people, most most good athletes will will have had the experience of feeling very nervous before a game, and then once they actually get into the game, they're not nervous anymore. Which again gives the lie to the idea that it's the game that's making them feel nervous. Can we improve performance? I think I don't know is the answer um, I, 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 don't, I don't know I don't know whether it's possible to improve performance as a, as a in a one off situation. as I say, I think you can help a player to understand the nature of their experience, their, understand their their thoughts, their feelings and their emotions better, and that will enhance their experience of sport over the over the long term and it'll also probably help them in other areas of their life as well. But in in terms of actually helping their performance, I'm I'm not sure. Again, I think this is why reflection in sport is such a difficult thing to to do, because we're we're talking about intangibles a lot of the time. Did you win because you played well or did you win because the other team played badly? You could argue about that all day. Did you when a team comes off the pitch and and they've you know, they say they didn't. They felt flat or whatever. Well, you can't really measure that. You can't. You know, we're we're talking about subjective experience. To so say sports science has been great for sport in in a lot of ways, but this idea that there is always a, a cause and effect relationship going on here, we're always looking back in hindsight. We're always analysing from, you know, by looking in the rearview mirror, at what's 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 gone as what at what's gone on, and then. Making up a story or making up meaning—we're guessing at what at what happened. Most players will tell you that in the moment of their best performances, they have no idea what they were doing. A lot of them can't even remember what they were doing. So, how is asking a player what they were thinking or how they were feeling—they don't know. So, in order to, to 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 not sound stupid, a lot of them will just make stuff up, which is it's interesting when as i say if you're analyzing a game afterwards and you ask a player about his decision making in the moment well the thought came to him this is what i'm going to do so that's what he did until we understand where thought comes from asking him why he thought that is 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 tricky it's it's as i say you can't really dis, you can't really question the thought that he had in the moment because that was the thought that came to him what you might be able to do is have a conversation around or understand a little bit more about his beliefs about the sport or about himself which might give you some insights into why that thought came to him at that particular moment and that's probably the the area that you should be looking to to have a conversation about but actually in terms of why did you make that decision well that's pretty cut and dry it's cuz I had this thought and that thought led to that action.
1: I'm I'm finding what you're saying is, is actually extremely refreshing and gives me a lot more confidence about where we're going in sport if we are able to follow this through. In fact, that really what we should be doing as coaches is helping players to understand all the good things which are coming out of their involvement in sport. And if we keep focusing on performance, we... We're, we're trying to look at an outcome which is not always going to be there it's um, most sports are a zero-sum game you're going to have a winner and a loser in terms of the scoreboard it's much better if the players and you've said this uh, a couple of times already in this podcast much better if the players come away from a game thinking i got something out of that which makes me feel that it's uh, i've i've achieved some of my beliefs i'm 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 tired because I've run around. Uh, I've been, uh, I've been challenged, um, and as it happens, we won it, or as it happens, we lost it. But but my beliefs are that these are these are good things for me, and if we can help our players be like that, rather than trying to find that um special psychological edge where you can flick a switch in a player and they go ah yes i've lost all memory of the bad things and i'm just gonna strike this ball beautifully over the posts because we're focusing on a a performance rather than a, a a feeling of yeah this is what i'm enjoying doing I mean I, I course, there are so many rabbit holes that we could uh, jump down uh, just uh, I I have a sense I want to sort of bring this podcast this particular one to an end because I know we're going to come back onto lots of subjects. Am I going in a in the wrong direction there? Is that the sort of thing that possibly coaches could take away from this? Definitely. Definitely. I
0: think look sport is sport has always been coached on the basis of there are winners and losers. So what, what we tend to do is we look at the best in the world, we try and copy what they're doing. Now, let, let's take a season in the, in, the, in the Premier League next next year. We basically banned coaches. So there were no coaches allowed to coach any of the teams for a whole season. There would still be a winner and there would still be three teams that get relegated. What does that mean for coaching? you know the the all blacks have been held up as this fantastic culture and this fantastically coached organization do we suddenly say well could just because they lost in the semi-final of the world cup we're not going to do that anymore and we're just going to start pulling apart what england are doing and then model all our coaching on that it's it's like you say it's a zero-sum game there will always be a best in the world and there will always be a group of people that aren't the best in the world just because what the best in the world are doing is working at the moment it doesn't mean that that's always going to be the case so i think we've just got to be very careful and 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 base if we can base our, our coaching on 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 the universal values that of 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 all human beings rather than just looking at an outcome all the time i think that makes much more sense to me and will sort out a lot of the problems that coaches and players are experiencing if we look at happiness and enjoyment as what we're looking for rather than performance. I mean, the the reason we look at performance is because of this misunderstanding that performance leads to happiness. Well, it might do, but it's not the only thing that leads to happiness. And if we see that the reason that people play sport is as, as, as an expression of happiness, We've, we stop ourselves falling into the trap of seeing root sport as a route to happiness, which unfortunately is where a lot of people are coming from at the moment. Yeah,
1: and that makes that makes a lot of sense. And I'm sure a lot of people are listening and thinking, yeah, that, that makes more sense. That's why I'm in it. I'm not going to be coaching the international team. I'm going to be coaching the people in front of me. And I've got to find ways to make everybody feel more... That they are coming away from each experience happier, joyful, whatever we'd want to call it, and that would be that would that of course would be another podcast topic to cover. Sam, as usual, you've you've answered some uh, curveballs with very clever, cleverly worked out shots back to mix several sports metaphors uh, together all at once. So, for for anyone who's listening in who wants to find out a bit more about what you do, can you just give us some
0: signposts? Of course, yeah. Um, If you go to uh, sportsprinciples.com, that's our website, Um, or I'm on Twitter at Sam Jarman Golf, or um, if you are a golfer listening to this, then I've also got a a website um, more focused on golfers, which is samjarmangolf.com. So any of those are a good way to get in touch if you'd like to chat more.
1: And I would encourage you to uh, keep challenging Sam. I know he loves to be challenged uh, on Twitter. So you will certainly get some good feedback and thoughts on lots of different areas. Uh, well, anyway, delighted to have you on, Sam, and uh, look forward to our, our next chat. Well, good luck with the
0: coaching at the moment. Likewise, Dan. Always a pleasure talking to you and uh, look forward to chatting again soon
1: okay and um for all those who are listening in thank you very much for uh, joining us for the podcast if you want to find out more go over to rugbycoachweekly.net click on the podcast menu and you can see a whole bunch of other podcasts with coaches from lots of different areas of the game and from sport so thank you very much for listening and look forward to speaking to you very soon Thanks
0: for listening to Rugby Coach Weekly Podcast. If you want to hear more podcasts, head over to RugbyCoachWeekly.net and click on the Blogs tab to catch up on any episodes you missed. We look forward to speaking to you again soon with more insights from coaches and experts from the world of rugby, sport, and learning.